Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey everybody, welcome into an all new episode of Can We Please Talk Podcast. As always, I'm Mike Leon. And I'm Nick Saveri. On the program today, Nick, the GOP field opens its doors and Senator Tim Scott walks right through. Nick and I on the race to 2024 as more candidates start coming in from the GOP side. Plus in our final segment, a true what would you do here moment recently happened in Baltimore Nick and I are going to weigh in on a story that you may have missed from last week that, in my opinion, embodies this country in more ways than one. More on that in our second segment. It's it's such a crazy story. We've been talking about this, you and I offline, texting about it. Um, it, It's a wild story. How are you doing, buddy? I, I talk to you all the time. I see you here and there. Obviously, we record for the show. Um, You and I were talking about the criminal segment that is just I, I'm I'm interested for people that follow us on social media, follow us. Can we please talk podcast on IG and TikTok at can we please talk on Twitter? Um, hit us up. Can we please talk podcast at Gmail? You're going to want to hit us up in our next segment after you hear about the story, because I'm I'm just interested to hear what people think about this. I, I think I'm even more interested in it than the GOP field widening right now with Tim Scott jumping in because we know he's not winning. So uh, how are you doing, buddy? I'm good. Yeah, we are. Yeah, I mean, our school is almost done. You know, so it's basically now starting the transition of summer. I mean, the weather's nicer here. You know, gardening bug has definitely caught my wife and I. So we're just kind of just being planting fools. You know, That's we are. Yeah, yeah, no, we've got we got a garden in the back. We got landscaping done up front, but now we just do all the maintenance and it's fun, man. You water, you get some sunlight. Those things come up. I'm wearing the as hat. I'm talking. 
You I do not wear the hat though. I wish because it probably would help my, you know, thinning scalp out here. But right. um, I got orchids in the dining room. Like we we got the green thumb around here, so it's it's good though. I mean, springs in the air and you know flowers everywhere and all that good stuff. How about right. you? I'm good, man. I mean, it's uh, it's a thousand degrees in Miami. I'm sweating. I'm dying. Uh, the heat. I mean, sports right now. If you haven't been following sports, the Miami Heat are on the verge of making the NBA Finals as of this recording. They'll probably be in it. Whenever you listen to it, um, uh, the Florida Panthers as well from the Eastern Conference hockey. Um, nobody down here follows hockey. I mean, they love the heat probably a little bit more than the Panthers. And this town's a buzzing with uh, all, all of the sports teams doing really well and potentially winning championships in both the NBA and NHL. So that's been um, I'll use the word fun to see, but not fun for me because I'm a Knicks fan and I can't stand the heat. Um Literally and figuratively. I mean, it's, it's literally 99 degrees and I, I can't when I'm outside, dude, I'm dying. Like it, it, it's so hot. Um, you know, one thing I wanted to shout out real quick uh, before we get into our first segment, this caught my eye over the weekend. Um, I hate transitioning to stuff like this, but I do want to shout out this program uh, and not necessarily the network. We've talked about this network a bunch uh, in terms of CNN and what they did, you know, with Trump's town hall and coverage and Don Lemon's firing. We've covered so many different things on this program about the network, but I do want to mention one particular guy and one particular show that I happened to see over the past weekend. And that's the survive surviving Uvalde documentary that aired on Sunday. Um, I don't know how to say his last name. I know how to say his first name, Shimon. And I think it's Precopus, a Procopus. Um, he is a fantastic, and I love using that word, but in this regard, it, it applies a hundred percent because he's been covering a lot of the mass shootings that tend to happen in this country. And he obviously was on the front lines uh, figuratively, obviously, uh, in Uvalde, like happened to be in the Texas area, was able to get there pretty quickly and, and cover what was happening from CNN's perspective. He's done some interviews with some of the folks in the town, and they did a one-year look back, as a lot of other networks are starting to do right now, about the tragic shooting last year that took, you know, 19 kids' lives and two teachers and the documentary is a little bit different though than what some of the other docs out there are showcasing because they have exclusive footage um and they're showing it to parents that asked to see it law enforcement wouldn't show it cnn had it somehow and they're showing it to these parents whose kids did get out of that classroom or the subsequent you know adjoining classrooms um it's incredibly compelling. I'm not telling you to watch CNN, nor am I. I mean, I'm telling you to watch that documentary on CNN, not necessarily the linear network all the time. But um, boy, I hate watching that stuff about to go to bed. And then the next day you got to take your kid to school. But you know what? Maybe we need to start doing more of that. Maybe this will start getting people on board with something, thing, uh, some some things and, and making change with respect to the, the guns uh, and the regulation from state and federal and local level. Um, maybe, maybe something like that is what's needed. I don't know. I don't know the answer. We're going to talk more about that in our final segment. It funnels into that, but I just wanted to shout out that show at the top because, you know, seeing that one year ago, that was one year ago, Nick. And since then, just situation after situation, you can point to different city after different city from Tulsa to Allen, Texas, to Cleveland, Texas, to, it doesn't matter. Like we just, we've become numb to it. And it's, it's really sad. Um, 
I want to transition into our first segment. I hate to bring the mood of the show down, but I'm going to pep you up here, Nick, because nothing gets you more riled up than hearing about the GOP. Maybe Tim Scott's got some solutions on government reform. Probably not, but we'll see. Let's let's listen to uh, the senator out of South Carolina decided that he is going to run for president. He had a uh, a rally that he held this week in South Carolina. A um, bunch of people were there supporting him and also senator john thune from south dakota was there he's the number two republican right now in the senate chamber and he's backing his friend and colleague let's play a little bit of what the rally sounded like and hear some uh, words from senator tim scott take a listen to this we live in the land where it is absolutely possible for a kid raised in poverty in a single parent household in a small apartment to one day serve in the people's house, and maybe even the White House. This is the greatest nation on God's green earth. Today, I'm thinking back to my grandfather, born in 1921 in Sally, South Carolina, in the Deep South. By the time he was in the third grade, he was forced out of school, his education was over, and he was forced to start picking cotton. But my grandfather, lived long enough to watch his grandson pick out a seat in Congress. My family went from cotton to Congress in his lifetime. And it was only, it was only possible because my grandfather had a stubborn faith. Faith in God, faith in himself, and faith in what America would be. I was seven years old when my parents divorced. We moved in with my grandparents, my mom and my brother. We all three shared one bed and one bedroom in that 700 square foot rental home. But my grandfather said to me, son, you can be bitter or you can be better, but you can't be both. You see, he chose patriotism over pity. He focused on the windshield of his life and not on the rearview mirror. And today, I'm living proof that America is the land of opportunity and not a land of oppression. I'm announcing today that I'm running for president of the United States of America. The wrestling promo yell there at the end actually is the cherry on top of all of that. We're going to get into some of his comments and some of the things that we didn't play in the montage there of what he said uh, in front of you know his hometown of North Charleston, South Carolina. Say that five times fast. Um, Scott is now the second South Carolina Republican to enter the race. Obviously, we know former Governor Nikki Haley is now in the GOP 24 field. We expect former Vice President Pence to enter that field as well. And now you have Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis is still not declared yet uh, for the nomination. But we expect that within the coming weeks, maybe even months, we'll see his uh, what that committee uh, ends up finding for him in terms of exploring his chances of winning. Um, Nick, I want to get into a little bit of what he said there and then get your takeaways, because one of the things that kind of struck me, and uh, I'm going to read you some of the stuff that we didn't play from the montage, he said, we need a president who persuades not just our friends and our base. 
We have to have a compassion for people who don't agree with us. We have to believe that our ideas are strong and are so powerful and so pervasive, uh, persuasive, excuse me, that we can actually take it to the highest points in the world. Um, but he also then, in the same vein, criticized critical race theory and the Democrats pushing this on kids in the education system. He said, no more CRTs. We need to teach ABCs. So he spoke in some of the buzzwords and phrases that I've mentioned before that you shouldn't be speaking in these type of things. These are talking points that are disseminated on television networks, speak to people like, you know, normal human beings uh, and actually addressed what it is that you're trying to get at. If you're trying to get at different things in the education system, actually outline them. Don't mention something that's taught at the college level, which everybody knows by now. And that has at least been proven out. Um, are parts of race taught? Yes. We're going to, I know you're going to get into that in your take. Um, but what were some of the takeaways you had i've examined this now and and these different um uh, town halls whatever you want to call them you know kickoff tours that they're doing and the speeches are all similar right you give your background you you, you tell about you, the hard times that you had in your life and then about the american dream and how you've gotten to where you are you're the first person to graduate you're the first person to run for office you're the first person to do this xyz and for both nikki haley and tim scott they're leveraging the fact that, you know, they're minorities, right? Tim Scott's black. Nikki Haley, I believe, is, is part Native American, if I'm not mistaken. So they're trying to leverage uh, some of that uh, in terms of like, hey, how could this country be racist if both of us have made it to this position? What were some of your takeaways of hearing not only his speech, but even some of the stuff that I just said right there? Yeah, when I have someone that wants to say as a black person, well, well, look at me and look how I turned out, I, I would simply offer, well, let's go ask Tamir Rice and Trayvon Martin how that works out for them. But we can't because they're dead. So if we're going to use examples of one person, then I feel entitled to do the same. And maybe it's not the most productive conversation, but it is ridiculous for a single person to say, well, look, I've made it. So can you uh, when there's enough information out there that says that that's not exactly the case. And once again, when someone wants to say to me that we're, yeah, we are the greatest I think he had said the greatest country on God's green earth. Um, and my co-host, no more than five minutes before, reminded us all of all of us that we're a year removed from a mass shooting where several children and teachers were murdered because just someone had a bad day. I don't want to hear from, from conservatives with this idiotic ideology. Uh, well, I can do it. So can you No, because you actually don't want everyone to do it because that would be called equality. And it's not what Republicans, at least this version, <laughs> subscribes to. So let's talk about Tim Scott for a second. Now, folks, if you're interested in finding out more about Tim Scott, obviously, typically, I would say go to TimScott.com. But don't bother because TimScott.com is actually not his website. Foolishly, this person decided not to get that URL. So if you were to go to TimScott.com, you would actually find the most anti-Republican thing. You would find TimScott.com belongs to someone that Republicans typically currently don't like, a teacher with rainbow colors for the sub pages of his website. So that was a great move, Senator Scott, on that one. But here's from this is from a website where you can offer donations to Senator Tim Scott. This is a quote from the senator. I was raised in a single parent household, in North Charleston, South Carolina. My mom worked 16 hour days to keep food on the table and a roof over our heads. I got my first job changing oil at a gas station when I was 13. And in bold, I wouldn't ask for it 
to be any other way. Senator Scott, you know who would ask for it to be any other way? Your mom who works 16 hours. This is the stupidest thing I can imagine with conservatives sometimes. This, let's go back to the way it was. Was it really helpful to all those people? Can I go ask Mrs. Scott, hey, let's go hop back into DeLorean and see, do you still want to bang out 16 hours for low pay? No. Of course you would say no. I wouldn't want it any other way. Just foolishness. You know, again, Mike, you said this before about unserious people, and I'll echo the same thing. It's not a serious race. It's just not. And not to mention that, you know, shortly after what Senator Scott's been talking about is, of course, the president and Democrats. And it's laughable to me because here's someone who has not won the nomination, who's never going to win the nomination, who's already talking about the opponent when the real opponent is down in Mar-a-Lago. Go after the front runner for a moment. Why don't you go talk about Donald Trump? But you won't because you're going to try to take votes away from him, which you, Senator Scott, you will not. Talking about Democrats as an up and coming presidential candidate for the Republican Party is like being a single A ball player talking about what it's going to be like to play Yankee Stadium. The only way you're going to play Yankee Stadium or ever be near Yankee Stadium is buying tickets like the rest of us. Focus on the actual opponent. You want to go take shots at Ron DeSantis? have at it, although you can get behind in line because Donald Trump's certainly doing that. But as they say in The Wire, if you come at the king, you best not miss. And there is no one in the party right now who has any hope of trying to take anything away from the former president. So I don't this is just not serious. And I do give him credit for, you know, that you know, th- those wrestling antics. Shout out to Vince McMahon. It just uh, it will do nothing for him. And in fact, I, if you are silly enough to donate to Tim Scott, why don't you send your money on over to our show instead, which is far more productive at Can We Please Talk Podcast at gmail.com. We are friendly to Venmo, PayPal, however you want to send the money, because it's far more productive than sending it to someone who romanticizes his mother working 16 hours a day. You know, I'll bring us back here, folks. Don't worry about it. I, I got it. I got it from here. Let me land this. Let me land this plane. A little turbulent air there. Apologies for no, but you know what? You're right. If you're saying to somebody, you want to go back in time. I never looked, I never thought of it like that. I, I truly never thought of it like that. You watched your mother labor through 16 hour work days and you wouldn't have it any other way. I'm sure she would like to have it another way. Um, it's funny that you said that. Um, and it's accurate. It's probably accurate. Again, we'd have to ask her. I'm sure she would want it a different way. I know I would. Um, one thing I wanted to mention real quick, I, I, two things actually. The first is in April of 23, Winthrop University, the school out in South Carolina, they did a poll of about 1,600 or so ballots, uh, 1,600 or so participants, excuse me. And um, about, I think, 500 or so were registered Republicans. And in that poll, 7% of South Carolinans support a presidential nomination for U.S. Senator Tim Scott out of the nine possibilities listed. Okay, now at the time... Secretary Mike Pompeo, before he had dropped out, was in there. New Hampshire Governor Chris Sununu was in there. Arkansas Governor Asa Hutchinson, former Arkansas Governor. Uh, Glenn Youngkin was amongst that and stuff like that. So he's not polling that great in his state. But again, small sample size in that poll, something I wanted to mention. Um, One of the things I think Tim Scott, in all honesty, instead of harping on these messages that are littered with the buzzwords and phrases and, and, and that type of terminology, if he did want to harp on reaching across the aisle and 
working to champion your ideas, he would easily look back at some of the things that he's done legislatively that have kind of gone against the Republican Party. Uh, one was the anti-lynching law that he worked for about a year or so on with Senator Cory Booker out of New Jersey, who's a Democrat, designated lynching as a federal hate crime. Um, there are some other things that he did in terms of creating opportunity zones into 2017 tax code reconciliation law. It, it, it provided tax incentives for development in historically distressed communities. Like if he really wanted to champion, hey, I am a uniter, right? Didn't President Biden run on I can be a uniter? If he wanted to do that and he wanted to showcase some of the ways he had done that, now I'm all for actually talking to Senator Tim Scott. And by the way, we still may have him on, depending upon how the GOP stuff uh, turns out in the field. But I'm, I'm telling you, the buzzwords and phrases to me, are, I think, other than obviously actions and some of the way the former president handled uh, COVID-19, to say the least, I think are some of the huge reasons why 2020 was so much support for President Biden and voter turnout. And if Tim Scott wants to siphon a little bit of Trump or steer us back into this, you know, moderate leaning Republican Party that has policy and ideas and is going to take on the Democrats and Joe Biden. And again, shouldn't be take on. We're all on the same team here, the American team. I don't think people realize that, but that's for a different podcast. Maybe you can listen to one of those. If he really wanted to do that, why wasn't he championing some of the things that he actually did legislatively in Congress? So we'll see how that plays out. Um, but, you know, oh, yes, Mr. Severi, you raised your hand. Why are you raising your hand? It's just you and <laughs> it's I. The, it's the educator in me. Um, know. You know, as you mentioned about what he's doing legislatively, and I appreciate you bringing that up. And yeah. I will say, while I was you know, joking a little bit about TimScott.com, I mean, that, that is real. Like, that's not his website. No, that is you real. Can go, not, you can go to his Senate page do, to do see not, his platform. By the way, do not go to that site because we don't know who that person is. And also, <laughs> not no shout out to him. I, I, I don't want I don't want to get sued. I don't want to get anything. All right. Anyway. Yeah. But it's but I mean, legislatively where he is, it's at an interesting place. The problem is, like you were saying, what what he tries to cater to which is a lot of Republicans, you know, they try to cater to MAGA and that's not where, that's not really where the people are at, honestly, in terms of any polling data. But what you were saying before about Senator Tim Scott, and this is the thing I, I meant to bring up earlier, I forgot. Um, he's currently the Senator, but today he announced that he's running for president and I'll never understand why it's okay in this particular job as a representative of your state that you can openly apply for another job because at this point as a taxpayer, everything that's like, even today when he announced, so let me get this straight. I'm a taxpayer. I'm paying you to represent my interests as a, as a citizen of the state of South Carolina. And yet you're out here openly advocating for your next job. So at that moment, shouldn't we be having a conversation? Shouldn't you just step down? Now, this is the thing that we're going to hear about Ron DeSantis, who's been holding off formally announced because in the state of Florida, the second he does, he actually has to step away from his current role as governor. That's Florida state law in South Carolina. I don't know how this works, but tell me the other place you can work where you can openly ask to work somewhere else and you wouldn't be fired. Like, I would imagine that people in his state should have the right today to say, does he do we still want him representing us if he's about to spend 35, 40% of his time campaigning. 
Like either the job of being a, a representative of this country, be a member of the House, be a member of the Senate, is so easy that you could do it part time, yet get a full time salary and pension. Or we need to rethink what the policy, what laws are about openly trying to apply for higher office. And this isn't just a Republican thing. Jack Kennedy did this as a, as a member of the House, you know, then running for Senate and then very quickly, um, you know, running for president in 1960. We see this all the time. And I, I rightfully always ask this question, like if you're in elected office and it's that easy to go apply for the next office, then shouldn't you lose your job immediately? That was just something I've just been sitting with as you were talking about as legislative record. No, it's a good point. It, it really is a good point. All right. Speaking of good points, when we come back after the break, I've been very excited to talk about this segment because I got to be honest. I have no idea how I feel about this, and I want to open it up to the community of listeners out there. This crazy story out of Baltimore when we come back after the break. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This episode is brought to you by KitCaster. KitCaster books you on top podcasts. How do funded startup founders attract prospects and talent? Podcast interviews. How do entrepreneurs with exits find new deals? Podcast interviews. How do C-suite execs differentiate in crowded markets? Podcast interviews. KitCaster books you on top podcasts. Click the link in the show notes for a special offer. Celebrate good conversation quick break from our pod to tell you about a new pod at fresh roasted coffee envy pods so if you go to freshroastedcoffee.com my partner's shaking his head that's a good transition what are you are you crazy? It, it was good no i shook my head i was like that's brilliant <laughs> thank you because <laughs> i saw the i saw this picture earlier i was like i saw it, i saw what you're doing it is pretty good that's right so listen the new envy pods over at freshroastedcoffee.com the official sponsor of can we please talk environmentally safe compostable you can go check these out at freshroastedcoffee.com when you open up the package it smells delicious i'm telling you you can't smell it on here but i i promise you that when i opened this this morning to make my cup of coffee it was delicious head to freshroastedcoffee.com today Use the promo code CANWEGET20 for 20% off your first order or hit the link in our show details. All right, Nick, I alluded to it at the beginning of the show, uh, and I'm actually I'm, I'm very excited about talking about this because this is a local story that was trending on social media. And while articles of it have been picked up by national news, again, 
24-hour news cycle. I'm not watching every single network. I'm not sure if the mainstream networks have really picked this up. And mainstream, you know, regular television, even like your local affiliates talking about this story. And if you don't know what I'm talking about, let me tell you, because for the past few weeks in Severn, Maryland, there was a gentleman by the name of Jaden McAdory. He was 20 years old and he had an AR style 15 rifle in his hands, regularly standing near a school bus stop in Maryland, in, in Severn, in this town. So a few miles away from the school, buses would, you know, stop, drop off kids, pick up kids. And he was standing there on a the corner dressed with an AR-15 right over his shoulder with his hand near the trigger, waiting for kids to get on, get off, not doing anything, no signs around him, you know, no booth, no, just walking up and down, pacing around on that corner. Neighbors called to complain, obviously. Bus drivers started getting leery of dropping kids off. He was really stoking fears. I mean, I'm telling this and I'm afraid right now if this guy was standing on a corner where my daughter's getting dropped off and I got to go pick him up, I could pick her up, excuse me. And it was all in protest of Maryland's Gun Safety Act in, uh, that was recently invoked by Governor Wes Moore. Now, I'm going to play a clip from WBAL out there in Baltimore, the station that was covering this, because the one thing that was trending about this was the actual story, right? Guy, 20 years old, walking around with a gun, AR-15 style, near a school bus stop, right? That in itself is a story. The second part of the story was really about WBAL giving this guy so much airtime to talk his story about why he was walking the streets, roaming with just an AR-15 near an area designated for school drop-off and pickup. Take a look, listen to the story as summarized on BAL, then we're going to come back and react on the other side. Cell phone video taken Wednesday shows a school bus dropping off Severn Elementary School students while a man with an AR-15 semi-automatic rifle in his hands looks on from across the street. Jamie Sparrow, the parent who recorded this video, says he's seen the man there for three weeks. I feel like if we don't do something about it now, then we'll be talking again and it'll be too late at that point, you know? What do you mean by too late? I think that uh, lives could be lost, people could be harmed. Sparrow says besides the fear it's caused, sometimes the bus won't bring kids home because they've heard he's out there. The man with the gun is Jaden McAdory. And he says what he's doing is not about scaring parents or children. It's about protesting the recent gun control measures Governor Wes Moore signed into law. I really wasn't coming out here for the kids. I was coming out here to show people that this is legal. For parents who might ask, just because you can do this, does that mean that you should do this? No, it does not mean that. But I think that if I do this enough, that it will create enough deterrence. In the months that Jaden McAdory has walked the sidewalks of Severn with his AR-15 semi-automatic rifle, he says it's always been about protesting a new Maryland gun control law, not about scaring parents or children at the school bus stop nearby. Guns can be safe if it's controlled by the right person. Can you understand how parents and kids might be afraid seeing this? I do understand, so I talked to the kids this morning at 7 a.m. I came out here and talked to them right at that bus stop over there with the AR-15. Anne Arundel County Police say McAdory is permitted to do what he's doing under Maryland law. McAdory says he told the kids at the bus stop, I don't know what the school's been telling you guys, but I'm really no threat to you guys, no harm at all. Hours after McAdory talked to the students, the Severn Elementary School principal sent this letter to parents. 
advising students who see McAdory to ask the man to leave and walk away from him. Her final request, report any interactions with the man to the school or police as soon as possible. So a couple of things to mention real quick. Um, in the story, they alluded to Maryland's Gun Safety Act of 2023, which recently went into effect. And that states that the, a person is no longer allowed to carry a firearm in a school, healthcare facility, or a place licensed to sell alcohol, cannabis, such as like a stadium, museum, or racetrack. There's other parts to the law that was recently written uh, into effect by Governor Wes Moore, um, who's recently a yeah, Democrat, obviously, and, and took over for Larry Hogan, who was done at, at his term limit. So that's the first part of this. What is he actually protesting? He's protesting this law that a person's no longer to carry a firearm, you know, in a school like or near a school like he was doing uh, outside on the streets, which, again, as he stated, it's his his right to do that. And it really wasn't about scaring or threatening the kids. It was more about being able to showcase the gun and protest this law. We're going to get into how there are other ways to protest, but so be it as that may. Um, I want to read real quick what the governor of Maryland said about this in a statement, scaring our kids and threatening our communities won't help make Maryland safe. The governor won't allow these tactics, excuse me, to stop his administration from taking common sense steps to protect our communities. Uh, a quick update to this story as we're recording this. Uh, Isafine Smith, as I think I'm saying her name correctly, the principal of Severn Elementary School, added that now McAdory has agreed to stop visiting elementary school bus stops after the school's communication office kindly asked. All right, Nick, you heard you heard it here now um, and you've heard the clip. You saw the social media tweets about this guy. Uh, and obviously um, he is an African-American male. Uh, the parent that you heard in the piece there, another African-American male as well, talking about, you know, we got to do something here or, you know, it may be too late. The emotions, I'm going to get into mine after your take, but I'm curious to hear, like, as a former educator, uh, as a parent of two little girls who, you know, waits by the bus stop here and there or goes pick them up. I know you live near your school, so bus stop not applicable in this scenario. But um, what do you make of not only the craziness of this story, but also the way it's being covered. I mean, the way it's being covered is is a little bizarre. Um, you know, let's let's talk to the strange fellow who's walking around with a machine gun in front of children, um, and 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 try to make sense of that. Uh, I understand the curiosity, and that may be where where journalists are are playing a role here of trying to to make sense of this. I understand. I mean, yes, from a technical standpoint, this is a form of protest. You know, he's not happy about the law and, you know, wishes to brandish a weapon. My question then is in the state of Maryland, how is it possible that, <laughs> that you don't have laws in the books that say that brandishing a weapon in the presence of children should be illegal? That that seems like something that the state house should probably take up at some point, right? You know, I, I, as you were talking about being around elementary school kids, of course, you know, the question I asked myself is how would I feel, um, you know, if someone was, was walking around with a, with an AR 15 around my child's school, I think the answer is I'd probably have a very difficult conversation with my company because I probably would be working from outside the school. 
I'd probably be having a laptop set up and probably tapping into someone's Wi-Fi because I sure as hell am not going to sit at home with my DAR being around someone at a couple of times of the day with a person with a machine gun in their hands. That, that just makes it's absolutely incomprehensible for this person to then say, well, I'm not here to scare the kids and trying to make this as though this wasn't a contrived effort to get attention. Like you could easily do this in front of a 7-Eleven. You could easily do this in front of a gas station. You could do this in front of anywhere, perhaps a police station. But no, we're going to pick around kids because that doesn't seem weird or dangerous. It Again, seems like something that the state should look into. Uh, but I understand the curiosity of it. I, I do. I agree with that parent that if something isn't addressed in some form, this seems like a problem that's going to happen. Um, but yeah, I it's funny because hearing someone walk around with an AR-15, my first thought would be to be apprehensive and give that person space, right? But but if this is involving my daughter, as much as I'm not a big fan of that weapon in particular, I feel like I'd have to be around. I'd have to be in, in that presence because I'm, I couldn't live with myself if something horrific had happened just because this person's trying to make a statement. Um, it says volumes about our country. Again, this is a state's issue because Illinois just you know ban- is in the process of banning assault weapons. Um, but in the state of Maryland, this says a lot that that this is acceptable. Um, I did. It's funny. I did contrast this with the uh, the amount of attention that was paid to John Morant of the of the Memphis Grizzlies. Right. I mean, Moran had a gun in this car, which in the state of Tennessee is considered legal. Right. But we all knew that, yes, a in the NBA, he's going to get into a world of trouble. But it also felt wrong. We all said that, like he's brandishing a gun in a car with his friends. Let's go ahead and take this now to an even more dangerous weapon. And in the presence of children, you would think that's more outrage provoking, but we're not as indignant about it, which seems strange to me. So like you, a lot of things enter my head, but fundamentally it comes down to that this seems like a cry for attention and a really reckless and dangerous way to try to prove a point. You know, a couple of things I want to echo there. First off, you mentioned about plugging into Wi-Fi and, and setting up at the school. Um, yeah, my daughter's going to be sick until the crazy guy that's a couple blocks away with the AR-15. Um, I, she's not going to be in for the next couple of weeks. Now, I, I, I would love to have heard some of law enforcement's responses to this because I don't know, and I couldn't find any press conference clippings. I know they released a statement saying that he's within his right to do that, but obviously people in the community felt threatened. I want to mention again, this was not at the school. This was nearby the school at one of the bus stop routes. So within maybe a mile or two of the school, not too far away. It's a residential area, a lot of houses, um, very open, wide open streets. So you can't miss them. Not many people are walking these streets because it's a long walk. Uh, a lot of places you got to drive in Maryland. And so you're not going to miss this guy. Forget the AR-15 style. Like nobody's walking these streets, at least from the B-roll that they were showing in this video. So you're not going to miss him uh, first. And then you're not going to miss him because he's got this huge gun. My takeaways for me are, uh, I'll get to the media part second, because uh, I do get the the media angle of it, and I'll explain in a second. But the first part is, as a parent, my daughter's not going to that school. And the second thing is, um, we've got to get back to talking about what is happening at the local and state levels with respect to gun enforcement and gun regulation and gun safety and protecting for not only our kids, 
ourselves. Like the Allen, Texas shooting happened as, as a family got wiped out, Nick, as they were going to return a present for one of the kids. Like that kind of stuff happens. And in this country at a multitude of places and governor Westmore or governor Westmore, excuse me, from Maryland, when Westmore got elected in November, what a long shot he was to actually win this governorship. And he ended up winning it in Maryland. And he had some ideas with him. And some of those ideas were simple things that he can put into effect in his state. Like, oh, I don't know. Hey, you shouldn't have a gun at a school or at places where they sell alcohol and they and they smoke, you know, weed is legal. And so you can't have it at those places or a guess what? Or at a museum or a stadium, you know, where there's like thousands of people that you could potentially shoot. And folks are like, I can't bring my gun here anymore. Like, that's the response that people have to, uh, I can't bring my gun here anymore. And it reminds me of like those commercials, or excuse me, those news pieces in the 80s when people were protesting seatbelts and they started protesting drunk driving. Oh, I can't drink a beer anymore in my car. Like, and when you start watching those videos back now, the time capsule type of uh, way of watching it, and you're just like, wow, people really believed back then that they should have the freedom to just get behind the wheel of a car and just, you know, drive recklessly after a few drinks. Now, again, people have done it. People have survived. People have died from it. There's a terrible story about that, that uh, bride and, and groom that got married and uh, the bride got killed on the night of by a drunk driver as they were driving back to the hotel in the golf cart. So that industry got regulated, Right. And we still can't prevent all of them. We get that because you can't be with every individual person at every single moment. But what you can do is give them less less access to get something with respect to having a license for the vehicle and stuff like that. So I feel like decades from now, we're going to be watching or the people of Maryland will be watching that story being like, wow, that guy really thought he could just walk around with a gun. Now, again, he is not in an area designated by the law, which has just recently gone to effect. So which that's why he's actually protesting in the right spot to be doing this. I just, I was watching that play out and it, I was, was in rage. I was enraged because he's 20 years old. So again, n- somebody who's maybe mentally not there, maybe, maybe that's, and he said it himself in the piece. Yeah, they're right. But also I still feel like this is the right thing to do for me. No, there's a moral and there's a legal responsibility, right? Legally, yeah, you can do that. Morally, should you do that? Should you, you know, make people feel threatened by bringing the presence of a weapon that could take out their lives in seconds? Like, I, I, I don't think you should do that. And you should know that you shouldn't do that as well. The media part of it, I'll be honest, local news is way different than national news. You National news, you can parachute and cover stories like this that are happening, and that'll fill up your segment as you're trying to fill out 24 hours. Local news, you know, you've got a show to do at five o'clock, and you, what's going on today in Baltimore County? What's going on in Prince George? Like, there's not much to cover uh, at the local level, and I can see why a story like that would make news. The people's umbrage was with talking to the individual, right? And the journalists down there that you hear in the piece wanted to get the perspective of the guy because why is the guy doing that? That's the more interesting part of this. You know, not not uh, dog, uh, not uh, dog bites man. It's man bites dog. That's the interesting part of the news story as you're taught 
in journalism. So I kind of get why they would interview it. The way they framed it on social media and others was very uh, telling of how we give people like this platform that are seriously doing something so morally wrong. But we're like, you know what? Let's hear them out anyway. And I think that speaks to the larger uh, we leave it there. If you have a question or you have a take on that story, email us. Can we please talk podcast at gmail.com? No joke. We will read it in our next segment when we open back up our mailbag. Nick and I have opened up the mailbag a few different times on this show, but I'm just curious to hear what people think about this because things like this are going to start playing out specifically in democratic cities that are starting to enforce gun laws that gun owners and the NRA think are, are really infringing upon their rights. So email us at can we please talk podcast at gmail.com. Check out our video channel over on YouTube. Can we please talk podcast? Hit the subscribe button for me. Audio podcast platforms, you know, by now. Shout out to everybody who listens to us across Apple, Spotify, Google, Good Pods, CastBox, Downcast. I don't even know. I may be making up some of those names, the last two. Uh, shout out to Acast, our hosting platform. Can't do it without them. Can't do it without each and every one of you that listens to this program. As always, I'm Mike Leon. And not likely to support Tim Scott. I'm Nick Severo. <laughs> we'll see everybody next time. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to PrettyLitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.